1: I understand that they've been trying to locate us and I will uh, yeah, blame it on Bud Mitchell because Bud was dragging in here a little bit late and Steve McNabb and I were sitting here uh, trying to solve a lot of the world's problems and I, I think uh, everybody should feel better about what's going on around here and uh, uh, Bud uh, you were a little bit late getting here, and I invited Steve to come over and have breakfast with us on Friday, and uh, he he said that he does not get up that early. Now here he is. He's been farming for what sixty years, sixty something years, and uh, he he says that uh, he he's sorry, but he hasn't even turned over that first time mm. at six o'clock in the morning. No.
2: The older I get, the earlier I wake up. But I've always got up early. I used to get up when I was little and build the fires. Cause yeah, that was my job.
1: Now, how long ago was that? Well,
2: it's, it's been several <laughs> years. All yeah. day of that.
1: You, you didn't ever. I don't remember you starting the fire at the old old store I, I when did. you had that great big old uh, uh. warm morning heat, I did. Yeah.
2: I've fixed them there. And, Even at my grandmama's, I used to uh, help, and and she would too, but we'd both build a fire at uh, her house. She had a warm morning too. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, I used to take uh, crates, uh, like tomatoes and peaches and whatever come in. Come in boxes, those Mm -hmm. little boxes. I'd split them up, and there's that soft wood. Boy, they made the best fire. Go quick. Yeah.
1: Now, how many of us have fireplaces now? I've got a fireplace in my house, but for whatever reason, uh, I had it switched to gas. And I I wish I had never done that. But there's something about a wood fire, when it's burning, it's so relaxing. It just kind of... You're in another world when you're able to do that. Well,
2: I did the same thing. I I got a fireplace, but um, I switched it to gas. But... If you're building a fire, when Allison was small, she had asthma. Mm-hmm. And that uh, fire uh, brought that asthma out. And that was one reason I quit building a fire. And I mm-hmm. said, we just build them and enjoy. Uh, but that fireplace would suck more heat out of the house than would generate. So anyway, we had the natural gas heat.
1: Well, Jackie had asthma, too, so that's why we did it.
2: Well, anyway, that that really helps to get it going. Yeah. That uh, creosote smell and all, I reckon.
1: Yeah. And uh, I am hearing that Jake's town, where we uh, all grew up and lived, I hear that there are a lot of people wanting to move over there. And... Uh, I, I got a feeling, uh, Steve. It's because of Bud, because wow. you don't have to leave that area at, at all. I mean, everything is offered there. You you do it out of those two big buildings that 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 you own there, and you have never really gotten away from from home when you think about it, except in the service and things like that.
2: Well, they didn't know what went on there. They
0: wouldn't want to move out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> they better go out there and <clears throat> sit in the car and watch things. What's happening before they make a decision <laughs> to move out there?
1: Well, now if they had grown up when Bud and I grew up there, yeah, they wouldn't be uh, searching because I don't know how many times uh, Bud was the main uh, conspirer. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how many times people kind of ran into bad times because somebody would run a wire across the road or whatever back in those good old days. But Bud had. Bud was the best fisherman I've ever seen in my life. The best what? Fisherman. You didn't realize that, did you? I didn't know he ever went fishing. Oh gosh, yes. He would go down to the creek over at Double Springs and get all of his. Uh, Big fireworks out, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you would see them laying all over the the, the <laughs> bank side out there. Those a good old days. You know, cold weather just makes me. Um, I, I go back into my childhood and think about all the good things that we did during those particular times. And I was talking to a lady uh, uh, outside of where we are right now, and she was saying that uh, she was from New York, and we people didn't really realize what cold weather was out here and i was was telling everybody how cold it was this morning when i first got up but uh i can't get out of bed i don't know how you do it now bud you know
2: uh if you get a thinking back 51 and 52 was some of the coldest weather we ever had
1: think about 69 well 69 on into early 70 well i know 17 below zero
2: well i know that it, our electricity went off, and, and it, now I may be wrong, but I believe it was off two weeks. Uh, that was in '51 and '52 both. Uh, they broke down all the power lines and then, then the uh, uh, limbs and stuff, you know, knocking it out. So we really had a. That was a nice rough,
1: storm.
2: Yeah, we really had a rough time back yeah. then. And uh, I, I really, I mean, you was talking about being cold. They uh, in uh, 69 and right in there, Mm -hmm. but the 51 51, 52 is about the coldest that I've ever remembered and remember seeing too for what it did. But back then too, they didn't have the uh, equipment they got to get us going too, you know, And, and people didn't have electrical like we have now. Back around 50, there was a lot of people still. Uh, out in the country, that didn't have electricity. Yeah, uh, I remember, you know, a lot of people that that didn't have electricity, and and uh, not no whole lot of them had bathrooms at that time too. It was all outhouses. But anyway, uh, we we've seen a lot of changes, and it's uh, a lot of it's been good. I told them it, you know, the kings used to be the ones that lived. We got where now we live like kings. Mm-hmm. We do. We, we, we're so blessed. and But a lot of people don't know that. They hadn't seen the change that we've seen. And I know our parents and grandparents saw a lot more changes than we did. Because I, I used sure to talk did. to my grandmama about things, you know, and, and uh, even medicines and stuff. She made her own medicines. Mm. Uh, you know, even even when you had cuts and stuff, she would take uh, uh, mineral oil, uh, uh, mineral oil, and and uh, uh, several different things. I remember her making out of uh, saves you know, to uh, for cuts and stuff. And then uh, we all had that we all had that uh, castor oil oh, <laughs> treatment. God. But anyway, you know, they would take uh, different things and blend to, for coals and stuff that, that we don't see now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go buy Nyquil, but we had Nyquil <laughs> in a liquid jar uh, back in. But anyway, uh, that was cause what
1: they were doing to try to help us, you know. What was the name of that uh, company that would send uh, trucks through, uh, in the, especially in the country areas? And that's where everybody would buy all the things they needed, pretty much, except except for groceries. We're we're talking about general things around well, the there's house.
2: there's uh, Stanley.
1: No, um, it wasn't that one? Uh, that's now, not the one I'm thinking about. No,
2: anymore. I know, I know what you're talking about. Now I can't right off hand. I can't call names.
1: <laughs> but we we uh, uh, I mean, they had things remedies for everything back in those days. When you think about it. And uh, it was one of those. In 1950s, you're talking about Sears and Roebuck. Um, I read just about every uh, uh, book that they would send out back in those things because we utilized them for other things. Of course, we had the outhouse and all that stuff. The biggest (laughs) problem we had with the outhouses with the blackwood of spiders. You had to watch where you were sitting back in those days.
0: Well, you take, uh, you're talking about uh, trucks coming by. I remember uh, Buck Bale had a store there in Kittrell. Yeah, he had, he, he, he had a school bus mm-hmm. that he turned into a grocery wagon. And uh, Miss Rosie Davenport, that's she, when she was, uh, she used to keep me. This is in 50, you know, in the, between... Forty seven, fifty 50, right? Yeah, 52, 53. Yeah. But i remember coming that Buck Bale coming by and he'd stop out there on the road and they'd go out there and get what they needed if they had eggs to trade, you know, he he would take their eggs and and that kind of thing. You know. You had, was, you
1: had two stores in Kittrell at that time, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
0: Buck Bale and uh who was the first one up there, bud? Was it Denport? There was On the left. he's on yeah, the, the left. First, Both of them was on the left. Yeah, the yeah. first one was I believe he was the but He changed hand two or three times. But uh, Well at one time I guess when I was going to Kittrell uh, they lived in that house, that white house right behind yeah. that, whoever yeah. that was. I can't remember now. Yeah.
1: Papa Jones used to live over there, also.
0: Yeah, well, he used And to. then,
1: uh, and of course, you had Uncle Dave Macon on the other side of the road, just yeah. a little bit f- further down. Well,
0: did, he was talking did about Did he have a
2: store? Buck, Buck Bale, I'm talking about Buck. No. Yeah. Uh, I put out a fire there at <laughs> Buck's uh, house right beside the store. Yeah. But I remember running, out, caught running off that fire truck and and I was headed toward the house, and here come a jumper Shepherd, wide, <laughs> wide open. And I looked at that fire, and I looked at him. And I turned that hose on him, and I turned him two or three flips before <laughs> Before he turned turn and run the other way, but I got the dog before I got tails. house. <laughs> it's kind of funny how you remember things, but yeah. I remember that dog. Man, he was flat coming for me. Yeah. And I knew I had to do something, so I, I, put, the, I put the quietus on him.
0: I, uh, when we, uh, of course, I started there for seven, probably 53, maybe in the first grade. And when you... When you'd get out, I mean, at 3 o'clock when school was over with, well, they had, uh, I guess you'd call them bus monitors. Mm-hmm. They would, uh, you know, get the bus loaded up, and then uh, they would, uh, everybody line up wanting to go to one of the two stores and, you know, had a nickel or a dime and and that kind of thing. And, you know, they just let so many, so many go. Uh, you could go... I don't doubt if you couldn't get a bologna sandwich for a nickel. Hey, uh, you're so talking
2: about uh, trucks come out of Watkins.
1: Watkins. Yeah, yes, Watkins. Yeah. Thank you I very much. I just yeah. yeah.
2: But I'm going to tell you boys how, ma- how bad my mind is. I was going, I I left the tire store and I was going to town to get some drinks for for the store. We were just about out. And uh, I got down there and I started, I said, I'm going to turn the radio on and see who's on uh, Butcher's show this morning oh i, and I, I, I knew it, i should have called
1: when I, when I turned the radio <laughs>
2: on i didn't get turned on i said hey i'm, I'm supposed to be on myself <laughs> that's how bad my mind is yeah. but that was it was and it was funny too you know i had to change my direction <laughs>
0: yeah Watkins. they had all kind of stuff uh
1: Germ troll. you remember Germ Troll? Yeah. My mama used ain't no. T- <laughs> <laughs> they used Germ troll for if she, everything. If she, <laughs> if, she had, if she had, she, she
0: needed Germ Troll. <laughs> yeah. See, we that was we, a, we
1: would get ticks and everything else yeah. on us. Yeah. And and what was those little red things that get underneath our skin? Chiggers. Chiggers. Chiggers, <laughs> Chiggers. <laughs> well, Yes, sir. mama. Yeah. We would be covered oh, up with mean. those things. Them things eat you, you alive. Yeah, but 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 mama Jones would pour that Germ Troll in a bathtub, and yeah. I would get in. Oh, gosh. Man, they would come out of your skin <laughs> yeah. quick. Well, they, uh, that
0: was a, a Stanley product, Germ Troll was. Oh, was it? Yeah, Stanley Stanley had that. I know Sarah's uh, aunt that lived over uh, at Arrington, uh, she was a Stanley lady product. Uh, I don't know when. In fact, that's where we bought some Germ Troll from her. After we married and everything, but
1: uh, do they still sell that? They—they've got to have. That was—that was the uh, uh, best medicine that was ever made. I bet it would kill the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: they? I don't. I guess maybe if you saw it on Facebook, somebody—I would say read that. I don't. She told me that somebody, if three-shot Shacklett was still living, it wouldn't even be a coronavirus. Yeah. Well,
1: and anyway, Nancy would go to see him every time <laughs> she would have the, a cold or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Get those shots.
0: Three-shot Shacklett. Yeah. I ain't no telling how many shots he gave
1: in his career. Now, did you get to, uh, did you, your mama every teacher, did you ever have her in class? Yeah. I had her in uh,
0: for algebra uh, one, I guess.
1: Well, she was a great when, math when I teacher. Was, when
0: I was a freshman, and then I had Aunt Alice, mm-hmm. well, for freshman and sophomore English.
1: Well, now, yeah. she didn't want to have Bud. Yeah. Miss uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> no. yeah. Alice, yeah. she didn't want She didn't to have him. So, so uh, of course, Bud was a step or two ahead but of us. See, he went to training school back then. Yeah. We had okay. to go to a normal school. Uh, I think it was because bri- uh, Bud was much brighter than the rest of us. He was always three or four steps ahead of us. Hey, hey, you didn't even have to stay in class. I mean, you knew that you you knew everything, and you'd head out the door.
2: Well, I'm, I'll tell you all the story, and I may have told this before. Uh, my mama thought I ought to go to college.
1: so In the first grade. <laughs> well, no,
2: When I got out of high school, she yeah. thought all her family was teachers, you know, and yeah. she thought I ought to go. Well, I went out there, and uh, they were out of, uh, uh, they had physical science, but didn't have biological science. Yeah. Now, in high school, I had to have biological science, but I didn't have physical science, so they made me take physical science because the other one was full. That was the first time I was over there. So anyway, I went to that class, and this professor, he got up, and he drew a circle. Then he put equal.
1: I had he put the same a, guy. a, a
2: square. <laughs> and I knew right then that I knew more than he did. So I got up and left, and I never went back to that class. Could
1: you even understand what he was saying? Well, I didn't stay to see what he understood. I was, I was afraid it was going to mess my mind up because it
2: done been messed up when he told me a square equal that circle, or vice versa. You know, You're, it was it was really funny, but I guess it happened for the cause because they knew I didn't need to be out there.
1: You uh, now see. Steve Budd doesn't like to admit it, but he really is a genius yeah. in a lot of ways. Now, I, I, I've been real serious about this. Bud's the only person I've ever seen, uh, when he was, well, I bet he wasn't five or six years old. He was breaking things down and putting them up, taking them and putting them back together again. And I've never <laughs> seen anybody be able to do that. You and and uh, you and Roddy Barrett are the only two real geniuses that I've known in my lifetime.
2: Oh, boy, you, you're hurting for geniuses. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs>
1: one of these days, Ryan's going to have as much money as you've got. Bless yeah. his heart. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you talking about machine gun Barrett? Machine gun
1: Barrett, yeah. 50 caliber Barrett, yeah.
0: Well, he sure has done well uh, yeah.
2: because uh, of what he's done. You know, I've thought about that, but uh, anyway, he's... Those guns that he uh, uh, built are all
0: over the world now. Yeah,
1: yeah, they are.
0: Did you ever shoot one?
2: No. Have you ever shot one? Not, Germany. not, I not have. one of his, no. I no. Uh-uh.
1: I, I, I was laying prone on the ground when I shot his the first time, which has been many years ago, and it drove me back almost a foot when that thing went off. Mm. But I just absolutely loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ronnie... Uh, let me let me tell you this. Uh, I was over there, and I was taking somebody through that wanted to visit the place, and Ronnie allowed us to do it. And I heard some shooting going off, but it was through a radio that they were using to talk to people who were uh, over in the Middle East, and something had happened to one of the weapons. And they were trying to get it taken care of right then because yeah. there was a battle going on. Yeah. And it was so amazing. They told the people that were over in the Middle East how they needed to get it started Picks. right now. Yeah. And they did. And it, it it was it's one of the most elaborate outfits I, I yeah. have ever seen in my life. And we're we're so blessed to have somebody that has done so much for us. Well, one of those
2: guns that uh, he built. They had on television the other night, there's this there's this man, he killed 50-something, I believe 59 people over in the Mideast, mm-hmm. and he, he was a, a sharpshooter, you know. Yeah. But it showed him, and they kept, had a man, uh, he was shooting our men, mm-hmm. and uh, they couldn't, they couldn't catch him, but they finally pinpointed where he was, and uh, this this man that done the shooting was a mile from him. Mm-hmm. He was one mile from him, and he knew enough windage to to how much to allow. And he shot, and I don't forgot how long it took the bullet to get there, but he got him. And and it was with one of those. And it went on to tell the story of him that when he got back, he got out. He saw it was time to get out. Yeah. He got out, and he was trying to help one of the. Man that uh, uh, was mentally
0: incompetent.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, he took him and and tried to help him, and that man killed
0: him.
1: Yeah. 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 And that, yeah. that was a really There's a been sad a book. deal.
0: There's been a book
1: written about that, I think. Yeah. There, there you was maybe about it. Maybe about, it. about, about it. It's called American Sniper. But yeah.
2: anyway, uh, that that re- this all is true that happened. But he shot this man one mile off, but he had enough uh sense of shooting that he allowed the windage for dropage mm-hmm. and everything on him and he got him is that uh is that probably the maximum range of that thing well that's a, a mile well i don't know that i uh, mean actually a mile well they were just telling and everybody couldn't do it because it's kind of like uh, i got a man that works on front ends and he grew up doing it other mm-hmm. words he started when he was 15 and 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 now he's been with me twenty something years. But he's got enough windage on him when he sits the front end that the machine can tell him something, but he knows, he knows. how to yeah. get past and, and do what it needs because he's driven it, he knows what it's doing, and, and that's kinda like that man that done that shooting. He knew how much to let that thing that Bullets going to drop so far that mile, he, he he knew enough to do that. And, uh, you know, a person that's done things and knows things like that, that's a that's a people really you can't hire. You can't hire a man that does that. It has to be built within him. Yeah. And it's kind of like a person that cares. Uh, a person that cares, you can't hire him to care. He's got to have that built in him. And uh, I learned that on mission work. Uh, James Hale I worked with him uh, several years in Caribbean and the people when he talked to them uh, they knew that he cared for their soul yeah and and it would open doors that the normal man couldn't get open thank you and 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 this was important to me because I could see the people within their cells changing mm-hmm. the attitude changed and everything because all he was wanting them to do was go to heaven and and he loved them enough
0: that he he he, he was able to do well, that. they could uh, they could get a sense of how he felt yeah that he yeah. cared for yeah. them and that's the reason they opened their heart up and you know well read, listened to what he said reading yeah. the Bible, God even turns people over to the devil because
2: they have it so much within them that you can't get it out of them. Yeah. And but He said He knows He knows your heart. He knows when you're uh, acceptable to the gospel, mm-hmm. how you are within you, and God knows who you are. And now we can change, but we have to have a certain of that built in us, you know. Yeah. And I think we're taught that too by our parents by our by our grandparents. All of these people have a lot to do with who we are. Yeah. Because they care enough for us that they can know to do this, you know. And you know, it's our job and I one thing I pray for, I I'm thankful for the people that helped me to what I'd say, keep my life like it should be according to what God wanted it to. But it's my duty to do the same to those that are younger than me. You know, we got children going up Science Hill, and I pray for them children that we instill in them enough about Jesus that that they will want to live their lives and and use him as their example, you know.
1: Well, uh, God definitely reached out to Miss Alice and Mr. Glenn. Because uh, <laughs> they sometimes you have to beat it out of them, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they did a really great job, as I remember. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, that's one. That's another thing that we, that discipline. You know, discipline. A lot of times, you say, the man, they're rough. <laughs> they have a, a love for for them mm-hmm. that some people don't have for their children. Uh, sometimes our love is is brought out by. By discipline, mm-hmm. and and God told us these things, you know, and we got to use what He said because it don't change. Man's still the same
1: way he is, even though yeah. it's a different time. Well, tell me how the church is coming along. Well, we're uh,
2: about we're we're it. ready to start because we just finally, 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 got enough approvals to even take down a tree. <laughs> You gotta have a, you gotta have a, a something to even move the trees, you know. So we got that done, and like the weather is now, which we won't try to do anything. We'll probably just try to start in spring, you know, mm-hmm. to to for construction. Maybe we might get some rock stuff in there, but uh, I don't look for us to try to do anything. Maybe till to, to the weather breaks in spring. But I, it's been I about re- two years, two years uh, of of paperwork
1: building a church
2: yeah it's, t- it's terrible yeah. terrible i mean you can't believe it and and you know we we're, we're educating people all these things to do but we lose the common sense part of it too, yeah you know
1: i've never seen any building especially a church go through so many different things that you've had to over all this time well if you if if you hadn't been through it you can't believe it yeah, but uh, I remember when your uh, place caught on fire years ago in uh, Budge Tire, and I have never seen so many people, Steve, go out to that place, and they were all trying to pitch in and yeah. do whatever they could. I I believe the entire community was over there, and it, it made me think of, of the old days when everybody would pitch in, because Today so. yeah yeah, uh, a lot of times they didn't have the resources to do a whole lot themselves, so everybody else would pitch in and and uh, I, I remember uh, Allison talking to Bud, and um, it it was it was a very emotional moment for most of us. It was it was like something in our family had happened in, yeah. in, a, in a bad way, and everybody wanted to do something. And, uh, Bud, that had to be pretty special for you. I know it was a bad event, but have all those f- people that were friends and, and, uh, it, you, you, you don't see that much anymore.
2: Well, it, it makes you appreciate things that you don't even really think about. Yeah. And, uh, even uh, bad things happen in life, yeah. and, and God tells us that we're, gonna, we're both, you know, that it rains on the just, unjust. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it happened, but good came out of it yeah. because everybody helped, and even the county officials really helped me to get it going because actually we, we were just three months from the time we burned till we got back in the building. Wow. And that's impossible. Yeah. Usually, it takes six months of paperwork, you know. But they really hit me, and from the from the mayor to all the all the officials, they re- were really good to me. And I did everything according to co- codes and everything. But uh, I couldn't believe people could be so nice and so kind, you know. And so that was the good that really came of it. It. It woke me up to a lot of things that maybe I didn't realize, you know. So, anyway, good still comes out of bad, you know.
1: Well, you don't ever like to receive anything from anybody. You're always Uh, the one that's out trying to do something for other people, and when they try to do something for you, you kind of run a little bit.
2: Well, you know, it's one thing. it, It made me realize that the customers that we have and the people we have come in, uh, they they are blessing us by walking in that door, and uh, sometimes you even forget that if you're not careful. Yeah. Uh, nobody made them to come in, and uh, you know you're you're so thankful even to see people, but anyway to have them come and let you uh, do whatever needs doing for them,
1: you know. When I look at you, I always think of your daddy, Mr. Glenn, and when I look at Allison, I. I I think of Bud. I mean, it it, it just seems like the the lineage just keeps going in a certain direction, and it never changes. Because little Allison's got one of the uh, biggest hearts of anybody I've ever seen. She's just amazing.
2: Well, I hope she has, and I hope she uses that to help others. The one thing I've told her, I said, you know, all this stuff here is not really ours. I said, God put it here. To where we, he sees what we're going to do with it. And and you go back and look at the man that had the... the one of them had one talent. One of them had two. The other had five. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's seen what they were going to do with those talents. And he does the same thing with us in life because once you take that last breath, whose is it? Yeah. It's not yours. That's the only thing you got to just a spot of ground that they put you in. And that's all you've got in life. But... Uh, you, you set your own record you know yeah you set your own record but anyway uh, uh this is a good place to live uh, the, i got a man right now who works for me or from California now they're different mm-hmm. but he was so thankful to be here and see how people treated one another and that's one reason he moved here and yesterday I talked to a man from mass uh Connecticut, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Connecticut, one. Anyway, he moved here because his daughter moved here. Well, he came down here, and he liked what he saints well. And he saw, he'd been up there all his life. He was born there. He was a year younger than me. But he sold everything he had and come down here to live. He said he
1: couldn't believe it. Is he the one that eats with us sometimes on Friday morning? No,
2: this was a man. I just met him yesterday. Somebody told me, said, you got a new customer up there. And so I went up there to talk to him. And uh, he, he told me he was even kin to the people that come over on the Mayflower, uh, this man that I talked to. Gosh, he's wor- old. He, well, <laughs> anyway, he wound up, you know, that was part of his kinfolk. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, uh, it's kind of funny how people, if they come here and uh, from out west, up north or wherever, uh, they'll pretty, pretty well stay here.
1: Now, did you ever haul any hay for uh, uh, our uh, previous sheriff in 1968, Mr. Hall McNabb? Yeah, I helped haul hay. Yeah. oh
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I did too. And, uh, uh, you know, you can't find anybody to do that anymore, can you, Steve? No, regardless of what you pay them. You just can't. Uh, they People just won't do it. Now, how in the world? What has changed as far as the farm business now in, in today's world? Of course, I know they've got equipment that costs way up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and all that stuff. How in the world do you stay afloat in that well, business?
0: You just got to you got to have volume for one thing, and then you know you just uh, try to got, try to watch what you spend, and uh, you know keep your equipment up and you know, instead of
1: buying new stuff because it's just it's just outrageous. Well what about square bales and, and round bales? Now how would you compare those two? Well, because since you don't have people that's gonna be pitching from the ground into a truck.
0: Yeah, well uh, if you want to try to make any money the square bales is where the money is. The round bales, you know you just you can't make any money with them, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I've got a machine that uh, you can pull behind your hay baler that accumulates eight square bales. Hmm. When it gets eight square bales in there, it uh, got a gate that opens and lets them out on the ground. yeah, or they're already on the ground on the type of accumulator I got, and then on, one of my tractors, it's got a front end loader on it. I've got a, a grapple thing. It's got 16 claws, mm. and it, it you can run up to it, tighten them up, and then reach down and grab them like that, and just pick them up and set them on the trailer. That's the way you do it. You can't you can't hire anybody. Uh, they've got some of these machines that they call bale barons or bail bandits that. Uh, will bundle 21 bales to a bundle. They're in a bundle. Mm -hmm. And uh, those things are over $100,000. I I can't afford that for sure. You know,
2: one of the things just talking about is getting people to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're so blessed today that most kids have not had to work to to even eat. And when we come up, Really, you had to work. If you got any money, yeah. had any extra money, you had to do something to get it because yeah. cause Mom and Daddy didn't have it. Yeah. You know, they, they, they were doing all they could to, to raise you and keep everything going. But uh, it's a different world that we're in today. And I just wonder sometimes if we really had a hard time if people would go to work then or, or steal and kill, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that I thought a lot about. Uh, we didn't know we were poor, though. Yeah, but the th- but the thing is, we knew we had to work. Yeah, and we, we knew we, we, we knew if it. we didn't work, it didn't get done, you no. know. And it had to be done. Somebody had to do it, and and mom and daddy uh, a lot of times they done all they could, and they, you had to help them because
0: uh,
2: uh, you know we're just lucky to have parents that showed us the way, showed us the right way,
0: you know. I know. Uh, yeah. I was still at home. I don't know. Might have been 15, 16 years old, and we milking between 50 and 60 cows. And then, of course, all the other farm work, and I got paid $20 a week. Wow. Daddy gave me $20 a week. You was a little overpaid, wasn't you? <laughs> yeah, <I> probably was. <laughs> but anyway, you know, that'd be getting up at 4 o'clock and going to the barn, milking, come back to the house, Mom would have breakfast ready. And I don't mean a pop tart. <laughs> it's sausage, bacon, biscuit, that's right. and ham. Yeah. And then uh, I'd get ready and go to school. Of course, I, you know, when I was going to high school, you know, I rode with her till I guess I got my first car. And uh, then in the afternoon, it could be come back home, milk fifty, sixty cows, and feed, and do whatever you had to do. Well, I think it was both. Was both raised, all of us raised on gravy
2: and biscuit, you know. You yeah. had uh, uh, sausage and bacon and eggs and, and uh, you'd have molasses or honey or something mm-hmm. there. I'm getting yeah, hungry now. now. <laughs> yeah, I know it. And it really makes you hungry. But to me, breakfast is the most important meal. But after about 35, 40 years, Kay and I, <laughs> she said, you know, you need to start eating something besides gravy and biscuit and all this stuff. She said, really, that's not good for you. And I said, "Well, I tell you what, you do. You cook me a, something different in the morning." So she got up. So I got up with her, and she made oats, you know, mm-hmm. and uh. Well, she was making them oats. She said, well, I said, well, I can do that. She said, that's good. I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now,
1: uh, But uh, oats, oats are healthy for yes, you, sir. as we know. Yeah, they are but, good. but all the ingredients that you pour into that, those <laughs> hot oats yeah. are not very healthy for you.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you got to cut them down some way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I really enjoy them. But I still love the gravy and biscuit. And that's what, on Friday morning, that's what we have. Uh, I I usually have a half a gallon at least of gravy. I'll have about 25 or 30 biscuits, and I'll do I'll do about uh, 30 eggs. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, uh,
1: there's nothing left uh, when we leave either.
2: Three pound of bacon and uh, about 25, 30 pieces of sausage. Uh, But anyway, no, and it's usually all gone. But anyway, I, I love breakfast. We have a good time. Yeah. And uh, it just reminds me of when I was, well, not when I was smaller, all
0: the way up. That's all we've ever well, uh, eaten and done, you know. Our mama, uh, she, uh, we had homemade biscuits every day. Yeah. I think the only time it maybe we had toast is maybe when uh, Kirby and Melanie was born. Yeah. Mm. But other than that, have probably at least two meats, either side meat, shoulder, ham, sausage, and that kind of thing. But she may ain't no telling how many thousand biscuits that woman made in her life, and she's still still with us at 96.
1: That's amazing.
0: And I know in the summertime, when corn would come in. Uh, of course, this field corn you get now is not fitting to eat. And back, Why not? At, I, it's just the, the genetics and stuff in it. It'll, what you call roast ears, Yeah, that's might, what Mama
1: Jones called
0: them. Yeah, they might be in one or two days. And it, it'll be so hard that you can't eat it. And back then, the Daddy planted... Uh, uh, Fox 7-Eleven. That was uh, corn that he put in and when we'd have that corn if for breakfast we would have fried corn, fried chicken and uh, have uh, I, I'm i sure we had gravy and biscuits but what I'd do is take a couple of those biscuits and butter them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and of course open them up and then I'd take that fried corn that she'd cooked and Put them on those biscuits like gravy.
1: And Was it, that butter from the farm itself? No,
0: no. No. I don't think Mama ever made butter. She may have back long time. I mean, yeah. you know, in the fifties, she may have. But Granny Hesse, uh, Daddy's mama, now she made butter,
1: churned it. Yeah, we well, used to help make it back <laughs> yeah. in those days. Yeah. And you're talking about out of this world. <laughs> Everything is made on the farm naturally. Was was it had a better taste to it, and it it was just. uh, I guess it was. It was pretty healthy back. Even the butter was healthy. I presume. Well,
0: because we're still around. Butter's a whole lot better for you than margarine. Margarine. Well, once you once you eat that butter, you don't want no margarine. No, no, I don't. I I don't want it. That's all we buy is butter. Yeah. We buy salted butter. We'll watch and see if it's on sale here or there, and I'll go buy 10 or 12 pounds at a time.
1: Do you know anybody that's still milking? How many people? The milk farms were all over Rutherford County at one time. Well, there's... But I don't ever see any anymore. There's two people in Las Casas that are
0: still milking plus the college farm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if anybody else is or not. They ain't over three. I, there's not a half a dozen people in this county milking.
1: Yeah. Now, the college farm is pretty scientific from what I can understand.
0: Yeah, well, they uh, uh, they just, I don't know, it's been four or five years ago now, they just built a new milking facility out there on uh, that Guy James property.
1: Yeah. Which was supposed to be in a landfill. Well, it uh, turned
0: out not to be, thank goodness. But, yeah. uh, see, they take and pasteurize the milk. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what they can sell. And they've got a few places around the county that uh, sell it. And they've really got some good chocolate milk.
1: You Oh, know, it's the best it, there is.
0: You know, when I was... Uh,
2: Coming up, I went to the training school for eight years, and and you know. So well,
1: that was the first the, through the second grade. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
2: the uh, the milk come from the from the college. Yeah. Even the ice cream come from the college, and I don't know where y'all remember this or not, but the barn that was there they milked out of was where. <laughs> The uh, it's where Boulevard Church of Christ was, and it was a Baptist church, and then finally the uh, college bought it. The building's still there, but behind, right behind it, off to the left of it, was where that barn was, and Mm -hmm. that's where they milked. Uh, Even when I was little, the airport was out on the other side, uh, behind all the buildings. They had a a landing strip there.
0: And that's where the airport was. And, uh, and say the the milking and stuff went on over there where North Boulevard Yeah, that's where, North they, that's where they milked.
2: Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, they, it was a barn there. And i tell you, the uh, East Main Church of Christ helped start the boulevard. Well, it
0: started in that building. Huh. Hmm. Well, say the first barn and stuff that I remember was over there uh, on the other side and to the right of the football field behind yeah, behind the uh, uh, livestock arena that's yeah. out there. Yeah, That's the first barn I'd never remember. Yeah, no, that, that barn was over there. At, know, it was on Tennessee
1: Boulevard.
2: Huh. And uh, it was right behind where the church is now.
1: You've well, got a great memory.
2: Well, I, I remember that because uh, I pasted a
0: bunch of
1: times. <laughs> <laughs> On your way what, out. Well, what, uh,
0: uh, what was the church building? What I mean, did they build that to be a church there to start with behind, in front no, of the building? No, no, bar? no, no. What they're doing, uh, the, there was a house
2: right there where the church was. On the corner. Well, that house... That was there It's a brick house They moved it in behind the, In behind it it's, it's, that still, first,
0: it's that first brick house But it was on the corner then It's still That brick house you're talking about Still standing it, it? Yeah but it, they had moved it huh. They moved that house uh,
2: They tore the brick off Moved it and then bricked it But huh. anyway uh, uh, Where the church is was where that house was Huh I didn't have a clue about that Yeah For sure yeah, it's, it's been been a lot. We've seen a lot of changes here, huh. and and a lot of it's good, and some of it didn't. But but it's it's a lot of it's been good. And so
0: the yeah airport, not the the college had its own airport. Yeah, grass. Yeah, it's grass. grass. Yeah, it's grass. Uh, my uncle Junior Wilson
2: Aubrey Jr. He flew. Yeah, and that's one reason we go out there on Sunday afternoon. And uh, really, all they had then—that was uh, right after the war—they had uh, little Piper Cubs. Yeah. That's what they. That's what they flew.
0: One Cedars or two? I guess that'd be two to be training. Well, I reckon yeah. it was two Cedars, yeah. yeah. But a Piper Cubs, a small little plane. Oh yeah, it's a small plane. I think they've got out here at the airport now. Uh,
1: right it, across the street from us, where we are now. Yeah.
0: Well, well, well they. Uh, uh, of course, built that new terminal and stuff out there, welcome center, whatever you want, which they desperately needed. That other yeah. one was built in the fifties. I know when uh, uh, Donald Macdonald, he uh, he flies. In fact, he's got a hangar out there. Or, uh, it's got his name on it. He's donated donated money, and he said they had, uh, I believe, he said twenty-seven planes that they, the uh, aerospace. Mm -hmm. you know uses out there for training. mm -hmm. Well you know uh, when
2: I was in the National Guard and it was in the 60 to 65s when I was in, uh, we used Piper Cubs. Uh, I was in the headquarters and headquarters outfit and uh, so they had a a plane or two there and uh, that's what they used. They used Piper Cubs. Back then. They didn't let you
0: fly none of my hope. Well, that, We, I was flying, but it was low, and it was energy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many uh, pilots have been trained right here in uh, that, well. yeah.
0: that This uh, aerospace program out here, I don't know whether it's number one in the nation, but it's one of the best Well, uh, across the whole U.S. I mean, they come in here from everywhere. Alvin Grant. Uh, Alvin uh, uh Alvin's granddaughter
2: uh, has just gone through that, Alvin and that's uh, Brandon, and that's uh, Kathy, I mean, not Kathy, that's uh best best daughter. Beth's daughter. Yeah, she's the second one. Uh, she, there's uh, three of them, uh, the boy's youngest, but anyway... She she has gone through that program. Well, was
0: she wanting to be a commercial yeah, pilot she, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, she's
2: flying. Yeah, she's flying. Flying now. Yeah, but she's not commercial yet. Yeah. She's still, I don't know, she's about a senior now.
0: Yeah.
2: But anyway, she's she's gone through that program, and she's got her
0: license yeah. to fly and everything well, through, you know, through that program. Yeah. Well, you know, that's where uh, Stan started out uh, when he was out there, Stan McNabb. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he f- finished before he graduated.
1: He, he, st- he, he could fly pretty much any, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right oh, well, that
0: plane, he's got top of the line, really. It's the King Air. I remember. Do about 400 or 450 miles an hour. It's not a Chevrolet. Well, it's got uh, a automotive on the side of it. <laughs> I don't
1: know whether he's got a
0: gold bow tie on the front or not.
1: but Take you a radar gun out there when Bud is going down Woodbury Highway. <laughs> you think he's <it's> airplayed. <laughs> yeah. Bud sold me, uh, bless his heart, he called me one day. We were, we were kids, and he wanted to sell me a 1963 Corvette. And he... he he had it all fixed up and everything, and it just tickled me to death to have him because I, did, I still didn't have much money. And uh, one of the uh, uh, sheriff's department people, I think it was when your your dad was in the office, and uh, he got behind me when I was just, you know, trying it out a little bit <laughs> on Woodbury Highway, and uh, I could see that blue light just uh, right behind me. Yeah. But the next thing I know, I could barely see it in the, in the back. But things were different back. You know, we were, we were blessed to live in the best times uh, oh, this world no. has ever seen. I mean, it was just, um, there was a lot of humanity, you might say. People loved each other back then. And we all made mistakes. We all did things that we shouldn't do probably still are, are doing things that we shouldn't do, but it, it, it was a, uh, we, we cared about people, and that's what you were talking about, Bud. We grew up in a caring time, and uh, we could tell when people were having tough times back then, and you always wanted to do something for them, and I, I wish that we took more notice in, into what, the problems that are are facing people in this day and time and reach out to them. Bud would go over and above a lot of times because when I was down at 940 New Salem Highway, Bud would come by and uh, he would want to be helping somebody. And I'd say, Bud, I, I don't think I would fool with this particular situation, and he still, you know, he never would. He never would let me say no to him. So, uh, even even the way they were, Bud still was trying to mold them into something special and, and somebody better. And a lot of times it worked. Very time, very few times were you unsuccessful in trying to treat those people. Well,
2: I watched my mama and helping students, you know, at school, knowing their troubles at home, yeah. uh, she would try to do things to encourage them, and that helped me too. But, you know, one of the things that I think about, somebody said the other day that, that we could, as a country, uh, be separated. Uh, that like they did back, you know, in in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I told them, really what we need to do is make New England a a country, <laughs> make California and all that side over there a country, and then draw us together as a whole that really cared for people, and come in here and they could see people cared. Uh, maybe we we could make a, uh, the biggest co- part of this country, but we'd have to take the farm country in and all these places, you know, uh, to do that. But uh, sometimes I think maybe that's the answer to a country, but I know it's not because uh, you know it says that we have to we have to work together to stay together.
1: Each state is so much different, Bud. As as we know, we've we pretty much traveled all over. Uh, the United States, but uh, it, it's hard for us to relate to the, like you say, California, Washington, uh, Oregon, uh, yeah. m- the New England part, uh, e- even uh, our uh, uh, capital, Washington. Um, it, it doesn't seem like they have the same uh, love and the same respect our country that we have and, and sometimes I think they're just pretty much slapping us across the face because we don't think like they do
2: well I was reading in the Bible uh, a day or two ago when it was talking about the, the Jewish people the Jewish nation mm-hmm. uh, they went by the letter of their law mm-hmm. but we as Christians go by uh, with what's in our heart too God puts it in our heart and that's part of what we use we don't use the letter of the law we use our hearts mm-hmm. to determine who we are and what we do yeah. and uh long as they've done it by the letter will i give my this and i offer my sacrifice that's all that i can do i can go out here and uh commit adultery i can go ahead and do all these things I can steal and do all these things because i've done my letter of my law mm-hmm. and uh, so you know we have to really be careful as to how we care for people and what we do, because God's still looking at us and He still tells us what to do, you know. So that's what we got to do.
1: We're so strict now as far as, uh, say, law enforcement officers. They have to follow what you were talking about, the letter of the law now. And when we were law enforcement officers, uh, especially at the very first, many, many years ago, we had a, a, a right. To judge the things that were going on, and if we could help people, we would help them. And um, you, they're, they're not, they they not—they don't have that uh, type of situation that we had back then. And—and it's—it's a shame that, because uh, um, we've got some great law enforcement officers, especially in this country and down here. I have to go. They can barely hear you say that you've got to go. Yeah. We're, we we got to wrap up the show anyway. I just got a little thing here. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, Steve, coming. Well,
0: that's no trouble.
1: I, I know you've got to go out and plow some fields right now. So <laughs> no. we we appreciate that. You're keeping us fed, and uh, Bud, I always enjoy being here with you. And you're like a brother to me, and you always have been. And I just absolutely love your family. And uh, I wish we could still go out and eat like we used to over uh, where the, almost where the train depot was. So, yeah. so the little Lincolns to sit there and run and watch the, the trains go by. But we'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. And uh, let's see, we have Mr. Bill Spurlock on in the morning. So we've got a lot to talk about. We'll see you then. All right. All right.